MSW Media. A big thank you to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thanks to Lomi for supporting the Daily Beans. Start making a positive impact on the environment with the Lomi Home Composter. Get $50 off when you go to lomi.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Today, the January 6th Select Committee investigating the attack on the Capitol has made multiple criminal referrals to the Department of Justice for Donald Trump and others. The committee says Donald Trump tried to bribe witnesses. Pentagon officials feared Donald would use deployment of the National Guard for his insurrection. The committee's big reveal has not happened yet. And Elon Musk votes himself off Twitter Island. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. One of these stories is not like the other. <laughs> Which one is it? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, we've got January 6th committee, January 6th committee, January 6th committee, and Musk. And another Russian puppet. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a good time was had by all yesterday on Twitter. We'll go over that. And like I said, the bulk of our news comes from the committee hearing today along with the nearly 160-page executive summary they just released, which wasn't blocked by Bill Barr. How cool. Look at that. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to note the absolute historic nature of the hearing today. It is the first time in the history of the United States that a congressional committee has made criminal referrals to the Department of Justice about a former president. So it is a very big deal. And we're going to go over a a few aspects of it. Uh, The full report comes out tomorrow, Wednesday. And also what comes out tomorrow, Wednesday is uh, actually, yeah, tomorrow is Wednesday. Okay. Sorry. Time travel. Okay. I couldn't even support you or not because I was like, (laughs) I don't know. Time travel podcast reporting, and we're in the black hole of the holidays. Also tomorrow, an episode of Clean Up on All 45, where Andrew and I will go over in detail some of the criminal statutes. And how long Donald is facing in jail if he's convicted of, you know, 1512C2 and other crimes as well, whether he would have to serve his sentences concurrently or consecutively, what the sentencing guidelines looks like for him and what we can expect if there is a domestic terror charge added, not charge, but like a aggravating factor in sentencing recommendations. It's a very cool episode. So I hope you uh, listen to that. We have a lot of news to get to today. It's been a very busy day. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. The January 6th Select House Committee, in a unanimous vote Monday, referred former guy Trump to the Department of Justice for criminal investigation and potential prosecution for his efforts to overturn his loss in the 2020 election, among other things. The committee's historic referral says there's sufficient evidence to refer Trump for four crimes obstructing an official proceeding, that's 1512C2, conspiracy to defraud the government, that's 371, making knowingly and willfully material false statements to the federal government, that's 371 slash 1001, and inciting or assisting an insurrection, 2383. The committee on Monday also recommended the Department of Justice investigate and potentially prosecute Trump's election law attorney, I put attorney in quotes, John Eastman, for his role in advancing a plan to overturn the election results, 
Eastman's referral was for his alleged violation of two criminal statutes, impeding an official proceeding of the U.S. government, 1512 C2, and conspiring to defraud the United States, 371. Those are the two charges that Judge Carter put in that decision when, you know, they were he that judge was deciding whether or not to hand over Eastman emails to the one six committee subject to the crime fraud exception. Now, uh, Jamie Raskin said the committee would refer four members of Congress, quote, for appropriate sanctions by the House Ethics Committee for failure to comply with lawful subpoenas. They are Biggs, McCarthy, Perry and Jordan. They did not make criminal referrals, which if I had any criticism of this particular hearing, that would be it, because the committee has been very critical of the Department of Justice for being timid. And then they refuse to make criminal referrals to their, you know, buddies and I wouldn't say buddies, but, you know, I agree. Members of Congress. But from Cheney and Wu, Kyle Cheney and Nick Wu at Politico, their biggest reveal didn't happen today. It will come when one of the panel's last beleaguered staffers hits the publish button on its collection of evidence compiled over 18 months of investigating material that still remains almost entirely secret. The committee is sitting on a stockpile of nearly 1,200 witness interview transcripts and reams of hard-won documents about Donald Trump's attempt to derail the peaceful transfer of power. While the select panel's nine members gathered today to refer evidence of Trump's potential crimes to DOJ, that raw information, the underlying material, not the showmanship of a final in-person public meeting, will tell the story the committee has labored to piece together. The 160-page executive summary, which precedes the final report, which is set for release Wednesday, the executive summary came out today, hints at the extraordinary range of documents the committee has collected. It references at least 30 productions of documents from various witnesses and agencies, including White House visitor logs, Secret Service radio frequencies, and the Department of Labor, where then-Secretary Eugene Scalia produced a January 8, 2021 memo seeking to call a cabinet meeting to discuss the transfer of power. Yet, crucial questions remain about which evidence the panel will treat as off-limits to the public, including whether it will post hundreds of hours of video interviews alongside the transcripts. Thompson, the chair, has also emphasized the transcripts will be redacted to exclude private information and law enforcement or national security-related details, and some witnesses who requested anonymity would receive it. That's according to Thompson. Call records, with the exception of ones the committee has found relevant to the probe, would likely remain secret as well. And, you know, Chuck Rosenberg, Dana, just keeps telling him his like main concern is if you're a prosecutor, you do not want these transcripts released. They can give the defendants a chance to get their story straight, prepare a defense and possibly intimidate witnesses. So uh, I know that um, Adam Schiff has said We'll release what's already been publicly released, and uh, I, but they haven't really gone into too much detail about protecting current ongoing criminal investigations at the Department of Justice. So we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you, A.G. And other things we learned, Pentagon officials feared that Donald would issue an illegal order commanding troops to help with his coup attempt to retain power. And this is what January 6th committee found. This is a quote. The select committee recognizes that some at the department had genuine concerns, counseling caution that President Trump might have an illegal order to use the military in support of his efforts to overturn the election. That's what the committee wrote in the executive summary that we've been talking about. The finding comes in the section analyzing why it took hours for National Guard troops to be deployed to the Capitol to counter the mob that Trump had sent there to pressure his own vice president into avoiding Trump's defeat in the 2020 election and allowing him to remain in office. While Trump himself had accused Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of failing to deploy those troops, even though she lacked 
any authority to do that. Now, while some Democrats have suggested the military intentionally delayed a response to give Trump's mob a chance to accomplish what he wanted, the committee, though, found that there was no Defense Department attempt to help Trump. That's a big deal. Now, this is another quote. Although evidence identifies a likely miscommunication between members of the civilian leadership in the Department of Defense impacting the timing of deployment, the committee has found no evidence that the Department of Defense intentionally delayed a deployment of that National Guard. And this is from the same report. Committee members rather found that the failure to send troops rested with one person, Donald Trump himself. In statements on his personal social media platform, Trump has continued to lie about the election in the January 6th committee's work, calling it a hoax, similar to previous investigations into his 2016 campaign's acceptance of Russian assistance and his attempted extortion of Ukraine into helping his 2020 campaign. Both have been proven to not be a hoax. So Mm. there you have that. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, that memo Chris Miller put out that totally kneecapped in law enforcement that day. And then the fact that Flynn's brother was in the room on those calls with the secretary of the army and General Piot saying he didn't like the optics of sending out the National Guard. I'm not sure I agree with this particular finding just based on the public evidence I know about. Sure. But uh, but we'll see. I think the point, the larger point here is that any malfeasance would be impossible to prove, not that it maybe didn't exist. That's fair. The House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection said Monday that associates of the former guy tried to bribe at least one of the people it asked to testify. The committee has previously said Trump contacted witnesses prior to their testimony. But at the latest hearing, Rep. Zoe Lofgren detailed an apparent effort by associates of the former guy to dissuade a witness from testifying with a cushy job, offered her a cushy job. Quote, we've learned that a witness was offered potential employment that would make her, quote, financially very comfortable as the date of her testimony approached by entities that were apparently linked to Donald Trump and his associates, Lofgren says. These offers were withdrawn or didn't materialize as reports of the content of her testimony circulated. The witness believed that this was an effort to affect her testimony, And we are concerned that these efforts may have been a strategy to prevent the committee from finding the truth. I think this is Cassidy Hutchinson. I think the person who did this was her lawyer, Passantino, who's, Mm. by the way, on pretty much every single subpoena Jack Smith has sent out in the last (laughs) since, you know, since he was appointed and even before then. And uh, I think that this had to do with the fact that he was being paid by the Save America PAC. The committee first described possible efforts to interfere with its witnesses over the summer. That's when Liz Cheney said in June that witnesses described efforts from Trump's inner circle to influence their testimony. Quote, what they said to me is, as long as I continue to be a team player, they know I'm on the team. I'm doing the right thing. I'm protecting who I need to protect. You know, I'll continue to stay in good graces in Trump world, the witness said, according to Liz Cheney. Now, at Monday's hearing, the committee offered a recap of its findings and announced it would recommend to the Justice Department that Trump be charged with several crimes for starting the riot and trying to overthrow the 2020 election which he lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes, 7 million. It will be solely the Justice Department's decision whether to prosecute. And I want to say that that's actually going to be Jack Smith's decision. As Merrick Garland has said, he is hands off and he will take whatever recommendation Jack Smith brings him. Interfering with a witness is illegal, though before Monday, the committee had not specifically said it believes that efforts to interfere with witnesses amount to crimes. They said it's really up to the DOJ. In a summary of its final report, the committee said the Justice Department should look into whether Trump's associates committed criminal offenses by interfering with official proceedings 
through their contacts of witnesses. And he is charged with that. That is under his umbrella. It's in his scope. The summary states one witness was represented by an attorney hired with funds Trump had raised online, and that attorney seemed to be giving the witness bad advice. The witness ultimately fired the lawyer and apparently told the committee everything. Again, that sounds a lot like Cassie Hutchinson. <laughs> it's Hutchinson and Facentino. I almost can guarantee you. Lofgren detailed some of the lawyer's actions during today's hearing. For example, one lawyer told the witness the witness could, in certain circumstances, tell the committee that she didn't recall facts when she actually did recall them. That lawyer also did not disclose who was paying for the lawyer's representation, despite questions from the client seeking that information. The lawyer told her, we're not telling people where funding is coming from right now. The committee's report said more than 30 witnesses avoided testifying by invoking constitutional rights not to incriminate themselves, that's the fifth, and that several other witnesses simply just refused to testify, like Bannon and Navarro. He is waiting for his prison sentence to begin pending appeal. So that's what's happening. Thank you so much, A.G. And this goes to the story that doesn't seem to match the others, but somehow I think eventually we're going to know that all these people are connected. This piece of shit was actually seen at the uh, World Cup with Jared Kushner in a lovely box with a bunch of Saudis. So that's an interesting side piece, but not actually the story. And Elon Musk's own Twitter poll, what that was, it resulted in the poll saying that he should step down from the helm of the social media network in a referendum that must promise to follow after broad criticism of his stewardship of that company. Now, the poll closed early Monday. Now, the reason this is important is he's actually done things that he took polls to do, like reinstate Donald Trump's Twitter account. So that's what makes this interesting. That poll closed early Monday morning after 12 hours of voting with 57.5% of more than 17 million responses calling Musk to step down. He later added, quote, as the saying goes, be careful what you wish for, as you might get it. Now, if Musk follows this result of this poll, it could thrust the company into even more uncertainty at this point. He's going to remain owner of the social media network, which would still give him an enormous control over its policies. But he hasn't yet said whom he would choose as his successor. And that person could steer the company differently and perhaps less erratically, maybe, than Musk has for the past two months. But who knows? Now, adding fuel to that fire, Musk is known for running polls to affirm, like I said, decisions he's already made. Perhaps most famously, when he asked Twitter if he should sell off 10% of his stake in Tesla. Later, filing showed Musk had already adopted a trading plan, calling the poll at least partially into question. Shares of Tesla opened up slightly higher on Monday morning following the poll results. Tesla has lost half of its more than $1 trillion valuation from the spring when Musk's interest in buying the embattled social network first became clear. Well, the mood inside the company was demoralized on Monday afternoon as employees learned of Musk's plan on Twitter and received no communication from management about the future of the company's leadership. That's according to Twitter employees who spoke, of course, on the condition of anonymity. Otherwise, they would have been fired today over social media. (laughs) And Musk and Twitter did not respond to a request for comment Sunday night. Yeah. And you want to hear my my little tinfoil hat? Yeah, tell me. I think when he went to the World Cup, Jared was like, hey, buddy, come to the World Cup with us. And they sat up in the box with the Saudis. And Jared went, look, man, uh, I've spoken to uh, my handlers over here. Uh, see those fellows down there that gave me $2 billion? Yeah. <laughs> I spoke to them. Uh, they want you to step down. You've done what we needed you to do. We've got all the user information that we need. We got the Twitter file stuff. Now you're just kind of sinking the company and we need it to kind of stay afloat so we can use it in the future for disinformation. 
So uh, they're asking you to step down. And here, hey, I have an idea. Do a poll so it makes it look like the leftists forced you to leave. Sound good? 100%. You know, I know you're just speculating. It all seems completely valid. It could also be, hey, it's me, Jared. Um, The Saudis who own a big chunk of Twitter, they want me to be the CEO. So you're going to have to step aside. That's going to be really fucking interesting if unscented hand lotion ends up running Twitter. Unscented hand lotion. Yeah. Powdered toast, man. So here's here's the thing. No matter who takes over, it's going to be an asshole. Okay, like I hope nobody's expecting some awesome fucking billionaire CEO with scruples to step in because it's going to be selected by the board. It's going to be driven by the Chinese and the Saudis. And probably now Jared Kushner is going to have a say. Um, So, you know, just I don't think it could get worse than Elon. I'm glad he's leaving. I hope it's just some billionaire asshole that we don't know who just kind of does his job. But it's 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 not going to be they're not going to find a rad billionaire to take over the company. (laughs) Are you kidding no one wants to get anywhere near this fucking company right now. I would. I would totally fix Snoop Dogg did a poll and 85% of the people thought Snoop Dogg should be the new president of Twitter. <laughs> hey, listen, that is a good businessman. I think so, too. And I would totally love it if Snoop Dogg were the CEO. Come on. I'm rolling the dice. All right, everybody, we'll be right back with the good news. If you have any good news to send in to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, if you're like me, you are concerned about how much food waste you throw away every week. It makes me feel like I'm not doing enough to help the environment. But now there is an easy solution. It's called Lomi. Lomi is a countertop electric composter. It's odor-free. It's mess-free. It's wonderful. It keeps your food waste out of landfills. That's the big thing. And it fits into any size kitchen, big or small. It doesn't take up a lot of room. It looks beautiful. And it makes your food waste turn into dirt in less than four hours. My Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. It doesn't create smell. It runs quietly, and now I throw out way less garbage, which isn't going into landfills because that produces methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. Uh, Ever since I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint, I've been trying to find a way to reduce the amount of food I send to the landfill. And now that I have Lomi, I'm helping to do my part. So if you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner easy, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans, all one word, to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi, L-O-M-I dot com slash Daily Beans and use promo code Daily Beans at checkout. Food waste is gross. Lomi is your solution. And with the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make a perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. And everybody, I want to talk to you about something I've been using for almost a couple years now. It is Athletic Greens. I started taking it because I wanted an optimized immune system. I wanted a healthy gut and I wanted a simple solution to the 20 million supplements and probiotics and things that were take, like that lived on top of my fridge and in my medicine cabinet and cost me a fortune, frankly. But with just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens. And Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it still tastes amazing. And that's why I take it with me even when I travel. It's just that good. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Your subscription will come with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is very important in these winter months. We don't get a lot of sunlight. It costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health. It's an easy habit to pick up and it's cheaper than your morning latte. Uh, and right now it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop, delicious scoop in a cup of water every morning. 
That's it. No need for those million different pills taking up all the space in your fridge and on top of your fridge and in your medicine cabinet. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, anything you want to send us, pet pics, Santa letters are my like my new favorite. If you have any Santa letters, those are adorable. Baby photos, frog orgies, whatever you got, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And the feed for the jackpot seems to be working today. That's good news. And a couple of weeks ago, we were able to send out over 100 sponsored subscriptions. If you were on the list, double check your inbox and check your spam folder and your junk folder because sometimes we end up in there. All right. First up from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hi, I've been a listener since the beginning and was a very grateful recipient for a free one year subscription. Thank you. This is Betty and her blep. Okay. Betty is beautiful. So sweet. What a great picture. That marking with the one black I know. Stripe there on the right, and there's two little black nostrils. Oh my God, she's so cute. Thank you. So sweet. Thanks for kicking us off, AG. This next one's from Jen, pronouns she and her. Hi, sending along some pet tax and some general holiday love for folks who don't have family to be with this time of year. If you're choosing to set boundaries and have holidays free from family toxicity, you're not alone. I know our Beans crew is full of like minded folks taking care of ourselves, choosing light and love overholding onto generational trauma and tradition. We hold this space open for you and we welcome you. May you create your own traditions and make time to celebrate what and who you love. For pet tax, here's our girl Reese. I'm her emotional support human. Her sweet human playmates at her doggy daycare decided to have a holiday photo shoot and dress her up for the holidays. My kiddos are not as cooperative as our Reese, so this was a holiday delight for me and I hope for others too. Reese is beautiful. Oh, oh, look at this. Okay. That's so, so cute. I mean, the second, all of these pictures. Oh my God, the one with the Grinch. Uh, <laughs> Max. I mean, that Octung dog is Max. sitting there with a terrifying Grinch next to them with <laughs> antlers. And yeah, the, the dog's Max just antlers. like, here I am. Take a picture. The Max antlers. Achtung Max. Oh. I love it. <gasps> and Jen, what a great sentiment. We we are all just one big, awesome, chosen family, and I truly love you all, and we're all here for you for the holidays. All right, next up, Jenny Trio, friend of Harry, pronouns she and her. Hello, hello. When we say this is Harry, people say, oh, after Harry Potter? No. Prince Harry? No. Harry Houdini? Well, he's magical, but no. Then which Harry? Harry Nilsson. They say, who's Harry Nilsson? If only I could have a puppy, I'd call myself so very lucky. Harry Nilsson, The Puppy Song. We have attached the audio. Oh, and look at my this. My God. Harry I'm gonna is go adorable. Ahead and say that this is an old English sheepdog. And oh, oh it's perfect. Harry's I love the perfect. cape. I love the cape. Okay. Harry's perfect. I keep getting the long ones. Do you want to take this next one and I'll close out with the short two at the end? All right. That sounds good. 
Next up from Matt F. in Central PA. Pronouns he and him. Aloha means queens. It is I, your pal Matt, salon owner's husband, lover of Becca, the most epic woman to ever exist in space and time. Father of cats, first of his name. Nice. Excellent, Matt. Okay, so I met Matt and Becca at a meetup at Off, uh, at off the Record in, in D.C. Uh, she is the one who cuts hair for uh, special needs kids. Our Beans family might recall that Bex was the subject of the initial loved one shout out. And though I do love that name, I must formally request that we change the name to Becca is the best person ever. And your person might be pretty cool too, I guess, but definitely not as cool as Becca shout out. It rolls right off the tongue and it has a super snappy acronym. Does it? (laughs) B-I-T-B-P-E. Yeah. (laughs) Super snappy acronym. I thought it was high time for me to write another gushy brag about how absurdly incredible Becca is. Quick refresher for the Beans fam. She owns a salon that cuts hair for children and both children and adults who have special needs. I know, right? I mean, I could just stop fucking writing right there. But my ADHD prevents brevity. Ha ha. As you might imagine, the holiday season is one of the busiest times of the year, and her and her amazing stylists are working just bananas hours. This is her favorite time of year, and we only get to interact for about 36 hours a week. Despite the crazy hours, she refuses to work less because so many of her wonderful clients need haircuts and she'll never turn them away. Also, despite the crazy hours, every waking hour we have together is full of so much holiday cheer and fun. Whether it's making cookies, dressing up cats, or rewatching the original Grinch for the 600th time, she's an absolute ray of holiday sunshine in spite of being exhausted all the time. And I wish there was some sort of award she could win for being the single most incredible person who's ever drawn breath. We love you both dearly, and please know what a better place you both make the world. Holiday pet tax attached. Photo one is our silly mask card with matching pies with our tree and three of our four boys. We managed to get Greg and Lucy the boy in one image. Greg is the tuxedo boy who looks like he's begging the viewer for help. And Lucy is the gray boy. And then Lucy and Kevin in another picture. Kevin is a sweet buff colored gent who's totally daddy's boy. Then a solo photo of Becca with our 23 pound large boy, Supreme Greg. (laughs) Oh my I love Supreme Greg. Also, some photos of Becca being stupid gorgeous, making holiday cookies and getting flour everywhere. Her favorite Christmas shirt with matching singing stuffed animals and her Christmas Yule log that would have gotten a handshake from Paul Hollywood. Nice. Yep. And here they are. Oh, there's the Lord's boy. Wow, that is a beautiful Christmas Yule log. Oh, wonderful. It's great to adorable. hear from you. I know. I love, I love this couple. I love their love. Happy holidays. All right. I'm going to take care of these last two. Lady of the farm, pronoun she and him. Hello, lovely leguminates and A-U-G-H-T-I-E-S. I I love that, leguminates. I have a letter to Santa. I'm attaching a photo, but here is the typed form of my five-year-old's writing. And this is the quote. It says, I love you, Santa, even if you are my mom or dad. Even if you give me a lot of presents for Christmas and my birthday, I'm even making you a card. Imagine an impish grin with a bit of nervousness that she isn't loving enough, impossible, or gaming the system the right way, and the ad of the hugs of a stage five clinger, and you have discovered my littlest. A stage five clinger. I love it. Happy holidays all. Oh my God, so sweet. Isn't she adorable? Yep. Oh, you guys, thank you so much, everyone, for sending in all your photos and uh, this letter to Santa and the bleps. I really appreciate it. 
And um, let's see. Are you traveling this week, my friend? I am here with you all week, darling. (gasps) Oh, my God. It's a Christmas and Hanukkah miracle. It is. Happy second night to everyone. Although we're recording this on the second night. So as you hear this, happy third night to everyone. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I'm so glad that you're going to be here with me. I miss you when you're gone. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what news drops. I have really, at this point, have no idea. It's close to the holidays, but I still haven't been able to squeeze a show out in less than 30 minutes since, <laughs> since I was born. No, uh, it's been a minute. But uh, everyone, thank you so much. And uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here today? No final thoughts for today. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>